Jesus comes to do the will of the Father. It's a simple truth that is found throughout the Gospels, throughout the New Testament. And it's especially found in the Passion Narrative. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke in their accounts of the Passion, uh, the accounts of the agony in the garden, they all give some version of Jesus' prayer. Thy will be done. Father, all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then in John's account of the Passion, which we just read, we don't get a repeat of thy will be done. But Jesus does instruct a violent Peter, shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? And Jesus comes to do the will of the Father. Earlier in John's Gospel, he tells his disciples that his food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. Doing the will of the Father is to Jesus what physical food is to our life. It's essential, necessary. Thy will be done. Jesus came to do the will of his Father. But why would the Father will this? Crucifixion. A complete humiliation, a prolonged and intense torture. In the Roman Empire, death by crucifixion was simply the worst possible way to die. That was true physically, right? Our Savior's hands were nailed to the cross after he had been scourged and forced to carry the cross to Calvary. But then mentally, psychologically, Emotionally, he dealt with the rejection of the very people he came to save. Abandoned by most of his friends, mocked and humiliated. He died rejected by church and state, so to speak. And if that wasn't enough, he had to watch the pain his suffering inflicted upon his mother, who was at the foot of his cross. I mean, make no mistake about it, the cross and that first Good Friday looked like the unquestioning, definitive defeat of Jesus of Nazareth. Looked like maybe he was the fraud the Sanhedrin, and the Pharisees, and the scribes had always proclaimed him to be. But even that just scratches the surface of what's so horrific about the cross. Because in a very real sense, the crucifixion and death of Jesus was the greatest single act of evil that ever occurred in history. Is that hyperbole? Am I exaggerating to prove a point? No. God became man, like us in all things but sin, to save us from sin, death, and the devil. And we brutally killed him. Jesus came to do the will of the Father, but why would the Father will this? And in response to our objections, Jesus might repeat, shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? You know, our Lord says these words to Peter after the fisherman had wielded a sword and cut off the ear of the uh, servant or, or slave of the high priest. Perhaps Peter, too, had been thinking similar thoughts. Jesus is God incarnate. It must be God's will for me to defend him. He is the Messiah. I can't let him fall into the hands of wicked and evil men. Whatever Peter was thinking, though, 
his actions raise a, a different question. Why did Peter think Jesus needed his defending in the first place? I mean, especially after what Peter had just seen. If you remember at the beginning of the gospel, Jesus, uh, at the end of the Last Supper, that's where the gospel begins, he takes his disciples through the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives, a small mountain ridge, not really much of a mountain, more like a big hill, east of Jerusalem, there to pray. And Judas, the traitor, the betrayer, shows up with a band of soldiers seeking to arrest Jesus. And Jesus says, whom are you looking for? And they say, Jesus the Nazarene. And our Lord says, I am. And then something extraordinary happens. We are told that Judas and this band of soldiers turned away and fell to the ground. Why? What, what is going on here? Jesus, in saying I am, is pronouncing the divine name, displaying his identity as true God and true man, and his sovereignty over all that exists. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, before whom his opponents are utterly powerless. Why on earth would a fisherman wielding a sword be any help to he who is the Almighty? Now, we shouldn't be too hard on Peter. We all do things that are inexplicable. But I mention this episode because it highlights fundamental truth of the passion. Yes, the passion is this greatest single act of evil in human history, but it was not inflicted to Christ against his will. Nobody took his life from him. He laid it down and he rose he, so that he could raise it up again. That is the reason behind the display of power at the Mount of Olives. And it's the reason why when Pilate obnoxiously informs Jesus do you, know, do you not know that I have the power to release you and I have the power to crucify you? That our Lord corrects him. You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. Whatever power Pilate had, whatever authority he had, it comes from God, the Father, who is the source of all authority and power. Nothing escapes the will of God. What is unfolding in the horror of the cross is the eternal plan of God the Father to save us and redeem us. And so it was, according to that eternal plan for our salvation, that Christ endured the greatest of evils. By the power of God, it was transformed into the greatest of goods. Our salvation, a superabundant atonement for sins and the grace that makes us the adopted sons and daughters of God. We're redeemed on the cross we're set free on, by Christ's cross. The cross also teaches us that God alone has the power to bring good out of evil. And that in our life, when we encounter evil and suffering, things that we can't control, we didn't choose, we don't like, we need to see it as our Lord giving us a share in the cross. And he said, if anyone would come after me, he must pick up his cross and follow me. For a small, small percentage, that's meant following him and shedding their blood. For most of us, it means dealing with the inconveniences and the frustrations, all the way down to the tragedies and the heartbreaks that we all deal with 
to one degree or another. But we deal with those in a spirit of faith that knows nothing escapes the will of God. He permits this evil to bring a greater good. And as Christ once said, Shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? So we should strive to imitate him and say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. But today, on this Friday, where Jesus suffered the greatest of evils, greatest single act of evil in human history, we don't call it Evil Friday, but Good Friday, because it's by the wood of the cross on which hung the salvation of our world, and we have an opportunity to come and endure the cross that set us free. So let us do so with the spirit of faith, resolved to imitate as best we can Christ, saying to God, Thy will be done.